0: We're going to be looking at the uh, uh, gospel, well, not gospel, a book of Isaiah, chapter 55. How many of us have ever looked for fulfillment in something? Uh, we felt like, um, we felt where we would find, wow, this is going to really, there's a, you felt like there was something in your life and you're looking for something to fill that void, to fill that, that thing there that nothing else could fill, something else could satisfy. Some people would look for it in what? In relationships. Some people will look for it in finances or material things or fin- or or money or many other things. And they look, how many of us have looked for those things and yet have not found fulfillment in those things where they didn't satisfy? where they didn't come to pass. Well, today we're going to be looking at this. And we're going to be answering that very question and other questions as well as to the offer that God offers us of what truly satisfies in Isaiah 55. And we're going to find it that it ultimately comes in the person of who? Of Jesus. It comes ultimately in him who ultimately can satisfy the desire in our hearts. As the song was saying, only you can satisfy, as Shell was singing. You alone are my heart's desire. When Jesus becomes our heart's desire, he satisfies. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today, ultimately. Ho, everyone who lists thirst, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk, without money and without cost. Why do you spend money for what is not bread, and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen that you may live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, according to the faithful mercies shown to David. Behold, I have made him a witness to the people, a leader and commander for the peoples. Behold, you will call a nation you do not know, and a nation which knows you not will run to you, because of the Lord your God, even the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return to the Lord, and he will have compassion on him, and, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there without watering the earth, and making it bare and sprout, and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So my word, which goes forth from my mouth, it will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. For you will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth into shouts of joy before you. All of the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush, the cypress will come up. Instead of the nettle, the myrtle will come up and it will be a memorial to the Lord for an everlasting sign which will not be cut off. Let's go into our first point here. The invitation. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 5. He gives a calling here. Jesus gives a calling. It's from the prophet Isaiah. And We know that the prophet Isaiah was one of the more prolific Writers at this time, Isaiah was the one who um, would speak prophetically, and he would speak prolifically. In other words, he had he wrote 66 chapters, and so his his books were one of the longer books of um, in the Old Testament. And he was one of the major prophets, and so he would speak, and he would speak uh, messages of challenge for God's people to come back to him but he also he would make, not only speak a ma- message of people call, his people coming back to him but also people finding their fulfillment in him as in this chapter and so he comes and he says come you everyone who thirst who have no money come by without money so he's offering the invitation god always offers what the invitation you see that word there come in other words, he's telling you to come, him, come here, come to him, come to me, come. It's, it's as, as Isaiah speaks, he's speaking prophetically in the voice of God. In other words, his writings are saying that God is saying through Isaiah and through his words, the word of God saying, come, come that invitation. How many of us have ever heard that word? Come before, C-O-M-E. How many of us have heard that? Come, come, come. Just as I am. Where have we heard that song before? I don't know if any of us have ever heard the Billy Graham crusades. Billy Graham. He, he passed away some, several years ago. But he was like 99 years old. But in his, in his um, crusades that he had, he, he preached the gospel to more people than probably any other man in history. That's hundreds of thousands of people. Possibly even millions. And he, one of the songs, he said, um, Just As I Am, was sung by uh, George Beverly Shea, And Just As I Am. You know, come just as I am. And that's what God's calling. He's calling, he's making an invitation to come to him. An invitation to meet him, an invitation to hear him, to listen to him, to experience him. And so he's saying here, everyone who comes who thirsts, no money with no money, buy without money. So he says to everyone who thirsts, are you thirsty? I used to be a landscaper when I was younger. And I remember some hot summers where I was really, really hot. And I would get really thirsty and boy having a a nice cup of cold water or bottle of water was really quenched my thirst at that time. It really satisfied me. It satisfied me. And you you ever experience that where you're really hot, like during the summertime, and it gets really stifling out there, and you get a bottle of water, you get some water, and it just refreshes your soul. And you're thirsty. And you're looking for something to refresh you. You're thirsty, so you're hungry. So, Or you're you're thirsty and you're looking for something that's going to come and fulfill you. And so you're looking for that, that thirst to be quenched. And so um, come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. So what does the waters do? What kind of water is this? Who's the living water? Jesus, isn't he? The living water. The water that refreshes the water that gives new life the water that gives new um, refreshment for the soul you ever taste bitter water i have and then you spit it right out right it doesn't and it doesn't and it 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 doesn't really satisfy but then you get that cool refreshing clear clean water and it's like wow jesus Jesus is that, that woman at the well drinking the water that would give her life. She tried all the other, tried to be satisfied with all the other, her relationships, didn't she? Didn't she? She came and she tried to be satisfied with all these other relationships and they didn't satisfy. And come drink from the water. For the water you drink, you'll never run dry, right? You'll never thirst again, right? Because who is the, who's the living water? Jesus. And that's what he calls to us as well. He calls to us to drink from that water so that we don't have to thirst again. So because we're satisfied, we find our fulfillment, we find our, satisfi- our satisfaction, we're in him. Finding it in him. Finding our fulfillment in him. Finding it in the person of Jesus. Not a thing, but him. Let's go on here. You have no money, come. Buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Where, do, where else do we look for satisfaction? Where money, don't we? We think that money is going to satisfy. We think money is going to bring satisfaction. Um, is going to bring what we are looking for, that emptiness or that fulfillment or that thing inside of our hearts. And we look for those things. They, this is a long, maybe, I'm going to say about 10 years ago, but he did a survey of the wealthiest people in the world. And he asked them, what would make you happy? Well, what would make you happy? What would make you satisfied? And what, you know what the overwhelming response was? And this is ironic, just a little bit more you already have everything that you could want or so or you so you think you want and but yet their response is just a little bit more so it doesn't finding that money doesn't satisfy but Jesus is saying he's and it, and he he asked that question why do you spend money for what's not bread in other words what why do you spend money on things that doesn't real it's not going to really buy you what you're really looking for like you're hungry and you want to get satisfied that hunger you're going to eat bread the bread of life right who's the bread of life the true bread of life Jesus so you're looking to buy why why you why you spend your money for what is not bread why do you spend money on things that really is not going to satisfy you you that satisfy that hunger we talked about the thirst Now we talk about the hunger. Why are you buying in things that's not really gonna satisfy? And it gets you to think, well, what does really satisfy? What does really fulfill me? What really does make that impact in my life where, okay, I can go, I can say, you know? And it's like every year you, you eat a good meal and then after the meal, you're like, "Wow, I'm satisfied." Like at Thanksgiving or like Christmas. I was at my, um, we ate Thanksgiving, um, uh, and, and Christmas. Act, and we had Christmas over at my my uh, my mother-in-law's. Um, we ate, we had a Christmas dinner over there, and that was, and I was like after the meal. It was, it was satisfied. My wife, my sister-in-law, and my, mother and my mother-in-law and mother all cooked the food. And it was like, wow, this is great. You know, and I was satisfied. And it says, listen to me. And it goes on in verse 2. Listen to me carefully. Eat what is good and delight yourself in abundance. You eat what is good, what, what really matters. In other words, you feed on Jesus. You feed on the bread of life. You find your satisfaction. You find your fulfillment where? In him. He gives you the invitation for your thirst. He gives you the invitation for your hunger. He gives you the, to, the invitation to find your fulfillment not in money, but in him. So these are important things here. And it says, incline your ear, come to me, listen to me. I'm calling to you. I'm calling I'm saying, listen. Listen, come to me. Listen, listen, the voice of God. Listen, listen, listen. How many of us have heard the voice of God? I'm not saying the audible voice of God, but the the still small voice of God. The voice in the storm, the voice in the times of trials, the voice in the time of need. The voice in those quiet times with him. I have. I'm sure we all have too. And so he, but he calls us to listen. And that's the key thing. Is that he calls, but we have to listen. Not just with these, but with this. There's one thing to hear with here. But it's to listen with your heart, and hear his calling, and say, "Okay, I hear it." Just like Samuel, when he was a young boy, when God was speaking, he didn't recognize the voice of God. Right? You remember that story, when he was with Eli, the the um, the, the high priest, the priest, where Hannah had given him to Eli as a, um, for him to raise him, and he and God was calling him. And he didn't recognize God's voice. But then he began to recognize God's voice. Because he went to, finally he went to Eli and said, wait and listen and hear. And he did, and he understood the voice of God. And Samuel became a great prophet, as we all know. All right. So it's key to listening to what God says. God makes an invitation, he makes an offer, but we have to listen. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. In other words, I will be your God; you will be my people, just like the covenant He made with Abraham and to his descendants. The covenant He made with David, and who is and says here, um, according to, but I'm, according to the faithful mercies shown to David. What was the covenant He made to David? That you, I will give you a son, and your son will be on my throne, and his throne will be enduring, everlasting, eternal. And who, of course, who is that? He's talking about the Messiah. talking about Jesus. And I made him a witness to the people, a leader and a commander to the people. I will call, behold, you will call a nation that does not know you. A nation who knows you will run to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. He, God, will call. And who is that, who's that call? That call is made by who? jesus the leader and who's that nation and the uh, and the commander of the people we are his people what as the scripture says we are it's not just necessarily the the nation of israel but it's the nation but it's god's we are his people and we'll run to you so that's the promise so the messiah so people will come to him it's, 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 He's predicting that people will come to to jesus people will come to god And he'll run to him in that prediction. But there's a caveat here. We go to our second point. It says, seek the Lord. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. There's an opportunity there's a window that he gives to each one of us to seek him. And so you ever see, you ever hear that phrase, the window of opportunity? There's always that window of opportunity that God gives us as his people that he calls and remember he, we call, he calls us to listen and he's speaking to us and he's saying um while he call upon seek the lord while he may be found while he's calling you you're hearing and then what are you doing you're seeking him because there's there's an opportunity there to seek him to come to him to listen to him and as you listen to him and you hear what he has to say what happens he responds and he answers I um, and for many years, some of you may know that I I I worked with the homeless for many, 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 many years, and um, and and often on uh, on nights um, they would have a church groups come in. They would give chapel services where they would have an invitation, and many would um, many would seek. There would be an invitation for people to seek the Lord, and it's a really, it's a really, um, uh, it's an offer that God makes to people that we were making as the church groups would come. And sometimes I would do the service if the church there wasn't a church group available. I remember one specific situation where um, I've shared the story before, but it's. where i i remember this gentleman that would uh be would come in night after night after night and he would be um he would stay overnight and he would you know he would hear the gospel message and hear the gospel message every night and i remember this is a time where i worked the overnight shift and then as i worked the, the overnight shift Um, I remember this man who had come in, you know, over and over and over again. And I would go around and do my bed checks. And I remember looking at, you know, looking at the different beds. And I remember looking at this, you know, seeing this man there. And everybody was sleeping tight. And when I went to go wake them up in the morning, um, I I, I would check the beds. And then I um, would check, and I, and I, I checked this one particular man's bed, I checked all beds, but he went to go wake him up, but he was ice cold. And I saw the look on his face and it was a look, and I'll never forget that look. And as many years ago as it was, I will never forget that look of, of of really like horror on his face. And my point is, is that From the look on his face and from the expression on his face. It looked like the man had passed without knowing Jesus. Even though he had the opportunity. Even though the opportunity was there to know Jesus. The opportunity was there to. Invitation was there to come to him. To drink the water of life. To eat the bread of life. To have Jesus in his life to be able to have true wealth even though these guys had even though these gentlemen had nothing financially and it was a sad thing but the reality was he had his opportunity but it looks like God ultimately knows where that man was where that, ultimately where that man is God ultimately knows that. But by the look and expression on his face, it didn't look like he was going into glory with Jesus. Right? So the invitation is there. Come to Jesus. Come drink. Come buy. Come eat of Jesus. And it says here, and it says, as we go on here, it says, uh, um, he, he tells the wicked forsake your way. The unrighteous man's thoughts let him return to lord come back to the lord come back and he will have compassion on him and to our god god will have abundant compassion god will have abundant grace uh, given back to him uh, to us i remember i had come to the lord when i was a young person 15 years old maybe and i was really excited in my faith and then i ended up just going back down the wrong path and going back and got into some really terrible stuff. But some years later, God showed me mercy. And God God always had his eye on me. God always had his hand on me. God always showed me mercy. But he gave me that opportunity to come back to him. Gave me that opportunity to come and respond back to him, and I responded back to him at that time. And, my, and I haven't looked back. Not to my I've had some I've had some some challenges throughout that time, throughout through those many years. But I've always stuck with Jesus. And I always walk with Jesus. I'm growing with Jesus, even now. And the thing was, is that, you know, who would have thought that, you know, God would have had mercy on me? I would have never thought that. A long hair, shoeless, I used to walk around with no shoes. Holy jeans, that's that's when they weren't even popular. T-shirt, smoking weed. And God, you know, had mercy on me. Even in my rebellion. Even in my hardest place. God showed me compassion. And I was able to respond to his compassion. You know? And I think that's for each one of us. Respond, have we, ask yourself this question. Have we strayed from the Lord? maybe we don't even know the lord but have we strayed from the lord have our hearts strayed but he offers compassion to us doesn't he he shows us mercy what's that scripture passage where it says as far as the east is from the west so far do i remember your so, so far do i cast your, your your iniquities or your sins from you east and west never meet north and south meet because there's north and south pole The east and west never meet because they go, keeps going around and around. So in other words, God's mercy is offering to us. There's a window where he gives us that mercy and he shows us that mercy and he calls us and said, saying, come to me. Or if we had known him, he's saying, come back to me. For he will abundantly pardon. Is there something that God can't forgive? is there no there's not things that we've done things that we said no there isn't there's nothing that god can't forgive us for if we come back to him right for my thoughts are not your thoughts nor your ways my ways declares the lord for as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts God's ways and God's thoughts are much higher and broader and deeper than all of our thoughts that we could ever imagine. He, his, his mercy upon me was incredible. It was deeper than I would have ever had mercy for, ever had patience for. But he's God. Would I have wanted me back? Probably not. But God does. And he changed me. He is changing me. And show me compassion so that I can show compassion to others through him. And I think the thing that God is saying here is that he wants each one of us to come back to him. And receive his offer of mercy. You know what it's like. To receive that. To receive mercy. For something that you know you did. And you know he didn't deserve to. Get off mercy for it. And God. And then you get mercy. That's like. Wow. wow. That's great. Wow that's what Jesus did with us right he did that with me he, I'm sure he's done that with each one of us and we'll do it and continue to show us mercy he'll continue and we'll mess up and we're not perfect but he'll continue to show us mercy but we need to come to him and listen to him and eat, drink from him and eat of him and truly find our wealth in him right Let's go to our last point. His word will not return to him empty. So what God says, my word will not return to me void. So what God says, God cannot lie. God cannot lie. He's incapable of that because a part of his character is he's, he's not, he's a guy, he's got, who's, who's the way, the truth and the life? Jesus. So is Jesus truth? Absolutely. Can he lie? Absolutely not. And so when God speaks to us, his word is what it says. says my promises are what? Yea and what? Amen. My truth is yea and amen. What I say will happen in my way and in my time. Not our time or our way, but in his way and his time and his plan and his purpose. And sometimes we think, well, God didn't answer my prayers. Well, may, maybe he answered them the way he wanted to answer them, not the way we wanted to answer them and the way we expect Him to answer them. And they're different. Saying, well, God, I don't understand. Well, he, he answered them, but he answered it in the way he felt was right and proper. Right? So listen to this. For if the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return without water in the earth and making it bare and sprout, and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater. In other words, so what's the purpose of rain and snow coming down? What is it? What's the purpose of that? It says here, it says without watering the earth. And do not return there without watering the earth. The purpose of it is the rain and snow is to, to water the earth so that the earth can sprout life and can bring life. What's, when we, you can't, you can't have And you can't have life without water, can you? What is snow, and what happens when the snow melts in the springtime? It does what? It brings water, doesn't it? And when 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 the rain it rains like it's been raining the last couple days, what does it do? It waters the earth, so that we have water to drink. I'll give you an example. I My my family and I went out to go visit my brother. I have two brothers that live out near San Diego, just north of San Diego. And and out in California, it hasn't been raining. It wasn't raining then. It hadn't rained for like a long, long time, like a really severe drought out there. And so, um, but it's rained recently. It's had some of these storms that come from Santa Ana. Um, La Nina, it's the La Nina effect. And there's been storms that have been coming. They've had mudslides. But they have a lot. They've had a lot of rain in northern California. They've had even snow. But the point was that they didn't have a lot of rain. Everything out there was brown. Everything out there was dry, except for the the plants that are sucking it, like the cactus and the cacti-type plants that survive. They can hold the water, and that's basically about what you saw out there, because there wasn't a lot of water out there. So water brings life doesn't it and so the purpose of the water is to bring life and the snow is to bring life when it melts and it says and then it goes on here so my word verse 11 which comes goes forth from my mouth will not return to me empty without accomplishing what i desire and without succeeding in the matter for which i sent it so it just says the purpose of the water and the snow And the rain and the snow is to come and water the earth so that the the earth can produce life. So God's word is there for a purpose to accomplish what he so desires it to accomplish. Whatever his purpose is in accomplishing his word, whatever he wants to say in that word, that's what he wants to accomplish. What's God's ultimate purpose and what he speaks? What is the ultimate thing that God wants us to do? I came that they might have what? Life. And what? Have it more abundantly. How do we have that life? In Jesus, right? So that's the purpose of God's word, is to give life to his people. Salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. Salvation in the person of him. So that we can have life in him. So the purpose of his word is to ultimately point from the Messiah who was preached for all the way from Genesis All the way to revelation and it's to preach him so that those who hear him and hear the word and respond to the word and drink from him and eat from him and receive from him can have life that's God's purpose God's purpose for his word is so that people can have life life in Jesus and that's why he wants us to respond to him And he goes on here. And he says. For you will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth in the shouts of joy before you. And all the trees of the field will clap their hands. In other words. It's, there's, it's, it's, it's doing what? It's, it's, it's symbolic of what? Rejoicing. Because what happens when you have Jesus? You have life and you have abundant life. And in him you have what? Joy. Overflowing joy. And peace. And contentment. You have in Jesus everything that you need. It comes back to full circle of what I've been telling you. Is that you don't, everything that you need, not that you can't have money, not that you can't have wealth, not that you can't have any of those things. Yes, God says, he, he, God provides all those things and he wants us to be, and he wants to provide for us. But our real satisfaction comes in Jesus, not in the things that we have but in him. And so, ultimately, um, we can have our joy, What in him. The trees of the field, the, the nature rejoices in him. Right? The trees of the field clap their hands. The mountains and the hills break forth and shout to joy before the Lord. Even, even, all nature Rejoices in the Lord. We just got done with Christmas, but I think of a song. Heaven and nature sing. Heaven and nature sing. Heaven and nature sing. In other words, nature even sings and rejoices. Because of whom? Because of the creator who created them, the mountains and the hills and the trees and all the animals and all these uh, life here on earth. Was created by Him, and they rejoice in Him. Ultimately, that's what we were created for: was to do what? Was to rejoice in Him and have joy in Him and have our life in Him, right, right? In Jesus, because ultimately that's where it all comes back to: our joy, our peace, all that we need, satisfaction, all we need comes back to who? It's him. It says, and lastly, in our last verse, it says, instead of the thorn bush, the cypress will come up; instead of the nettle, the myrtle will come up; instead of the mem- and it will be a myrtle. It will be a memorial to the Lord. An everlasting sign will not be cut off. In other words, instead of having thorn bushes, because what happened in the garden? What happened with sin? Sin, Adam had to work hard for his ground didn't he because part of the curse of sin was that there was going to be thorns and weeds and thistles and all that right but in Jesus what's going to happen what happens we're forgiven he paid the price for the sin right so instead of having the thorns come up what's going to happen the cypress the cypress is a. a, a, prosperous tree over in the Middle East over there. A beautiful tree. And so the myrtle myrtle will come up. Another plant that is the opposite of the nettle or like the, the thorns. And the myrtle tree. And it will be a memorial to the Lord An everlasting sign will not be cut off. In other words, The work that God does will always serve as a memorial to what? To him. And will and it will be an everlasting sign that will not be cut off. In other words, the work that God has done in his people, in other words, upon this church I will build upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Right? so the work that god does in us is everlasting and nothing is going to ever come against that because that's an eternal work that's an eternal um, that's an everlasting sign in other words the sign that's in our hearts of the seed of eternal life that comes from jesus that we're new creations we're new creation. Behold, all things pass away. Behold, all things become new. Right? And so that new creation is who? Jesus in us. The seed of Jesus. Which will go throughout all eternity. Which will not fail. Which will not go and disappear. But will last for all eternity. Right? Jesus in us. The hope of glory. I go back to my my beginning point, is that we look for so many things, satisfaction in so many other things. And the true satisfaction, the lasting satisfaction will come in who? In Jesus. As we drink from him, as we find our wealth in him, as we eat from him, as we Listen to him and receive from him and receive his mercy and receive his life and receive his abundance and receive his grace and receive his forgiveness and receive all that he has to offer. And as we have that, what do we have? We have everlasting life that will not, will be a memorial, will be a memorial, will be a legacy to generations and generations and generations. And they'll see our lives. They'll see me. They'll see you. As a memorial of the life of Jesus in us. Right? The legacy of Jesus. In us. Everlasting. Right? Because what's inside of us is Jesus. And and we'll go and be on with him for all eternity. And we'll live with him for all eternity. And we'll be with him. And we'll have that, and we'll, and we'll, and we'll be who we truly, are completely who he truly wants us to be. Amen? And he calls us, and he wants us to be that, and to have that. Amen? Amen. So, you know, listen to his voice, folks. Listen to his heart. Listen to what he has to say. Listen. Come to the invitation, receive Him. As we enter the new year of 2022, He's not promising. God's not promising that there won't be trials or difficulties or things that may come. It's gonna, they may be here, but it's how we respond to them in Jesus. Because we have Him, we can face any of those things, right? And we, can be, and we can have our joy. And we can have our satisfaction. We can have our peace. We can have all that we need in him. No matter what comes. No matter what things may happen. No matter what comes our way. We can have all that we need what, in him this year. So let's listen to him this year. Let's respond to him this year. Let's respond to him and receive from him what he offers to us. Amen. So let's take some time and let's let's pray. I'm going to pray a specific prayer. and um, So for those of us who may not know him, and if you don't know Jesus and you don't have him in your heart, um, respond to the invitation as I pray. And just pray a simple prayer with me um, as I pray to receive Jesus into your life as your Lord and as your personal Savior. So you can begin that new life in him. And if you have strayed and you and you want to come back? I'm going to pray another prayer for those of us who have strayed, and we and respond um, to him as he calls you back, and receive his offer of mercy and compassion to us. Amen, amen. So let's go ahead and and and, and pray. Oh Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. I know um, that I've Missed the mark, Jesus. I've turned away from you. I haven't listened to you. I haven't responded to you. God, I know what I've done, and I know um, the things that the hurt that I've caused you, and the hurt that I've caused others. And Jesus, I ask that you would just please forgive me and show me mercy. Please forgive me. Wash me with your precious blood. And I ask you to come inside my heart and uh, and 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 to be my to, be, um, to wash my soul and to be my Lord, to be the master of my life, to take control of my life, Jesus. I offer it to you this day. And I receive from you, Jesus, your free offer even now. And I thank you, Jesus. And I believe you for what you're going to do. And I believe that you have called me to salvation. And I believe that I am saved now at this time. Thank you, Jesus. Saved from the power of my sin, of the power of sin. The power of sin is now broken. I now have you, Jesus, in my life. Thank you, Jesus. And for those of us who have uh, maybe strayed away, Jesus, please forgive me, oh God, for the mercies, uh, for the things I've done, the terrible things I've done, I've thought, I've said, I've did. God, uh, show me mercy, God. I've strayed from you, and I've been rebellious towards you, and I've shook my fist at you, oh God, in anger. And I ask for your mercy and your forgiveness, God. Please receive me back as your son, as your daughter. Help me, Jesus, to um, just walk holy and uprightly with you uh, from even this point on, God. I receive your mercy, I receive your grace, I receive your forgiveness, God. Thank you, Jesus for your abundant pardoning of my sin, O God. Thank you, Jesus, help me to live for you, help me to walk with you the rest of my days, O God, following you with all my heart. Jesus, put a new song of joy, of praise, of peace in my soul, O God, even today. And Jesus, help us to just, even Jesus, help us today. We just thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, for coming and forgiving me. And Jesus, we thank you for Uh, cleansing our hearts even today. Thank you for, um, for the work that you've done and you are doing in us. God, we thank you. We rejoice in you and we love you. And it's in Jesus' precious and holy and wonderful name. And we thank you, Jesus.